This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the video. Don't forget to hit that bell icon for weekly videos on historical figures and stories. If you enjoy the content, be sure to subscribe. Eric Haraldson, now known to history as Eric Bloodaxe, was a 10th century King of Norway, and he was also the King of Northumbria for a time. In this video, I will be taking you to the climax of the Viking Age. Eric Bloodaxe's father, Harald Fairhair, had united the whole of Norway through a conquest of blood. Harald had many wives and many children, but it is told when he married Ranghild the Mighty, Harald and Ranghild would have a son called Eric. Eric was the most beloved and honoured child out of all of Harald's sons. When he was just 12 years old, his father gave him five longships so he could go on Viking expeditions. From a very young age, he travelled to the Baltic Sea, Denmark, Friesland and Saxland. He even sailed out into the West Sea and spent four years plundering in Scotland, Brentland and Ireland. So all of Eric's youth was spent raiding and learning what it meant to be a Viking warrior. Snorri Sturluson tells us that Eric was stout and a handsome man. He was strong, very manly and a great and fortunate man of war, but was bad-minded, gruff, unfriendly, and silent. According to the Heimskringla saga, Eric planned to be the supreme king over all of his brothers, and to take his father's place upon his death. You see, when King Harald was 50 years old, he divided the country among his sons, and gave them all the title of king, but he was still the superior high king of Norway, as Harald became an old man, and was aged around 80, he brought his son Eric to this high seat, and gave him the power and command of the whole land. But many of his brothers opposed his rule, so Eric would plan to eradicate them. It is said that Eric's brother Roggenwald had learnt the art of witchcraft. Eric knowing the power of sorcery, sought to take out his brother. So. He travelled to Roggenwald's house, and burnt it to the ground, along with 80 other sorcerers inside. This deed was greatly praised, but it would be the beginning of Eric's documented kinslaying and cruelty. Another one of Eric's brothers was King Bjorn of the Vestfold. He was well known for trading and acquiring valuables and supplies. He was a very intelligent man, and many thought he was a great ruler. Eric would pay his brother Bjorn a visit, and demanded that Bjorn pay him the taxes that were due to their father Harald. But Bjorn had always taken the money to the king himself, and he wanted to continue doing this, and refused to hand it over. The brothers would argue, and Eric left Bjorn's residence outraged. For some reason, Eric decided to turn back, and in the evening, he surrounded Bjorn's house. 
Bjorn's men would burst out of the house and combat would ensue. It was brother against brother, king against king, but Bjorn was slain, as were many of his men. Eric had just killed another one of his brothers. Another one of Eric's brothers called Halfdan would sit himself on the high seat of his father Harold in defiance of his brother Eric, as he now hated him due to the kinslaying of his brothers. However, not long after this act of disrespect, Halfdan would die at a banquet and it was rumoured that Gunnhildr, Eric's wife, had bribed a woman skilled in magic to make him a poison drink. Gunnhildr was admired for her beauty and generosity, but she was also known for her cruelty, magic and cunning. She was said to have been a fine match for Eric, being the daughter of Gorm the Old, the King of Denmark. At this point, King Harold Fairhair had given Eric the sole rule of the kingdom, and he would soon die of sickness in one of his large residences, aged around 83. King Eric would then take all of the revenues which the king had over the central part of the country, but his brothers Olaf and Sigrod were displeased at this. Word would go round that Eric would take by force what his brothers were withholding from him, as their father Harold did intend that Eric would rule the whole country, in response to his brothers being defiant to his will. Eric would call a great army and ships, and would travel east to Vic, where his brother Olaf and Sigrod were residing. The gods were on Eric's side, and the winds favoured him so much that he arrived in a day, giving his brothers no time to prepare their defences, and even their spies could not detect Eric's movements. The three brothers would meet on the field of battle, but the High King Eric had a much larger force, and would crush his brothers, leaving them both slain on the field. Eric would soon be known as Bloodaxe, having slain five of his brothers, and his rule was now uncontested. But even by Viking standards, he was considered a savage, whose morals and kinslaying were considered shocking. But one of Eric's brothers remained, and that was Hakon, who had been fostered in England by King Ethelstan. When Hakon heard of the death of his father, Ethelstan would provide him with a troop of men and a fleet of ships, and Hakon would arrive safely to Norway. He would soon learn of the death of all of his brothers, and naturally, he was disgusted. Hakon decided that Eric's tyranny must end, and that he would become king. So he made an alliance with Sigurd Hlatjal, who was said to be the most sensible man in all of Norway. Sigurd would assemble a great crowd of men, and he spoke on behalf of Hakon. He proposed that he would be the common farmer's king. After this, a young Hakon stepped forward and spoke. He said that if the farmers would back him as king, he would make all of them entitled to their lands and yields, which had belonged to their ancestors. There was so much great applause for this, that the whole crowd shouted and named him Hakon King. He was just 15 years old. He had been raised in the court of a foreigner, and he was soft, whereas his older brother Eric had been raiding since the age of 12, was a battle-hardened commander, and wasn't afraid to kill his own brothers. Nevertheless, King Hakon would travel the land giving the same message to the common folk. 
he quickly became loved among the people, and his message of fairness to the working class would spread like wildfire. Farmers travelled from all across the country to see Hakon, and many sent tokens of their gratitude, and of course many would swear themselves to his service, wanting to become his men. King Eric's unpopularity would grow each day, and more and more people became fond of his younger brother Hakon. Eventually, when Hakon was ready, he summoned a great army. King Eric also called his troops, but much of the ruling class forsook him and went over to Hakon, probably due to Eric's bloodthirsty reputation and Hakon's good one. When Eric saw Hakon's immense army, he knew he had no chance of retaining his title as king, so he went into exile and would sail west across the sea with those troops who were still loyal to him. Eric Bloodaxe, from being the High King of Norway, became the King of Nothing. But Eric's story doesn't end here. Being the bloodthirsty man of action he was, he sailed to England and raided around Scotland. He also raided everywhere around Northern England. According to Snorri Sturluson, Ethelstan, the King of England, sent a message to Eric, offering him dominions under him in England, saying that King Harold, his father, was a good friend of King Ethelstan, and therefore he would do kindly towards his sons. Messengers passed between the two kings, and they came to an agreement that King Eric should take Northumberland as a fief from King Ethelstan in which Eric should defend the lands against other Danes and Vikings. Eric even let himself become baptised together with his wife and children. Eric would hold a small amount of land in Northumbria, but he would crave becoming a high king once more. So he would always raid in the summer. He would go to Scotland and Ireland to increase his wealth. There is much evidence for Eric's rule in Northumbria, as there have been 31 minted coins at York which have been found that bear the inscription of Eric's name. It is said the Northumbrians even selected him as their king in 947. But soon King Ethelstan of the English would die, and his brother Eardred would take the crown, and he and Eric were not on good terms. Word even went around that he was going to replace Eric as the ruler of Northumbria, Eadred responded to Eric's newly founded kinship by invading and ravaging Northumbria. As Eadred's army returned south, Eric's Viking army caught up with the rearguard and made a great slaughter at Castleford, slaying much of the King of England's forces. Eric at this point was a man in his fifties, but he was still the same battle-hardened savage he was in his youth. In retaliation, an enraged Eardred threatened to destroy Northumbria. The Northumbrians, fearful of his wrath, abandoned Eric and made reparations with Eardred. Eric had once again been abandoned by his subjects, but this wouldn't be the end of his story. The Northumbrians later accepted Olaf Citrixen, a Viking from Dublin, as their ruler. Eric, however, was a vengeful man and he furiously took over Northumbria for a second time in 952. His reign only proved short though, as he was once again expelled in 954. Eric Bloodaxe, once the King of Kings in Norway, the Kinslayer, and the King of the Northumbrians, was killed in an ambush at the age of 59. 
He was allegedly killed by Maccus, an agent of the High Reeve of Bambra, who ruled Northumbria. No doubt he was assassinated while in exile, as he was restless and would probably have tried once again to raise an army to raid and conquer. The 13th century chronicler Roger of Wendover wrote based on an old northern source that has now been lost on the account of Eric's death. King Eric was treacherously killed by Earl Maccus in a certain lonely place which is called Stainmore, with his son, betrayed by Earl Oswulf, and then afterwards, King Eadred ruled in these districts. The skaldic poem Eriksmal describes Eric's heroic entrance into Valhalla and how he is welcomed by the gods after his death. It was written by an anonymous poet, and the dialogue in the poem is between Braki, the skaldic god of poetry, and Odin the All-Father. Odin had eagerly awaited his coming because he had reddened his blade in many a land and borne a bloody sword. And on being asked of why he deprived Eric of such earthly glory, he answered that the future is uncertain, since the grey wolf is always lying in wait. Eric is then greeted by the famous hero Sigmundur. Hail now, Eric, here. You shall be welcome, brave hero. Enter the hall. Eric was portrayed in the sagas as a larger-than-life figure, who was powerful and violent, and his acts may have led him to short-term success, but would ultimately make him a flawed individual, making him unpopular as king. He was described as handsome, strong, and a man of great prowess, but also as violent and cruel. The kinslaying of his brothers allowed him to lose favour with the Norse nobility, and the fact that his wife was rumoured to have aided him in this didn't help. All in all, as strong as a warrior as Eric was, his rule was but a mere shadow of the greatness of his father King Harold Fairhair, and he was destined to die in a foreign land as the king of nothing, but his exploits and his name still live on. I hope you all enjoyed the video, make sure to like, subscribe and share, and I'll see you all soon for another History Profile. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.